0: What's up, guys? We are back, you're High Street Freaks, and this is a Valentine's Day edition of this podcast, which has absolutely no Valentine's Day connection. Um, Maybe we'll talk about all the reasons we love Chip Kelly. That's about as good as we'll get. But how are you feeling on this week of love, Ryan?
1: Oh, me? I'm swooning for Uh, meetatmidfield.com. Which is
0: famously our website, by the way.
1: (laughs) That's our website. That's crazy. Yeah, we're getting the plug out of the way, way fast. You guys all know what's coming. I'm just going right off the bat here. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a website we rated about college football, right about Ohio State. Um, Kevin's had some cool stuff on there. And Chip Kelly, I've had a bunch of stuff about recruiting. Uh, we have premium episodes of this podcast every single week, all season, all off season. Um you can access the message boards are the best. I, I mean, I think our off season thread is like already at I don't know, a couple thousand posts. Yeah. Um, those guys are and it's it's, it's
0: growing. Yeah
1: yeah it's at, uh let's find out here yeah it's at three thousand posts already uh, since december 30th <laughs> absolute freaks come on uh, yeah and that's non-recruiting stuff too recruiting stuff yeah um yeah we got some real freaks on there uh it's been fun but um yeah come subscribe come join me at midfield uh come check it out see what's up
0: yeah outside of that um are you just are you are you spending Valentine's Day lonely? You're just going to be hanging out in New York by yourself.
1: Uh I yeah, my girlfriend would not be here until Saturday, so I Sad. am technically spending Valentine's Day alone. Valentine's Day weekend is it better? Who knows? I have uh,
0: to tell. <laughs> probably better for re- uh, like reservations and stuff. Eh, yeah, could go either uh, way.
1: I here's a real uh, guy who was like relatively long-term single until recently moved. I got really, I, of course, I'm happy she's coming. Yeah, it's it's exciting. I was a little pissed off because uh, they're showing a the final cut of Apocalypse Now at the Lincoln Film Center Wow on Sunday, and I want to go see it with my boys. Um, she can't. Uh, I'm gonna instead, you know, be in love with my girlfriend and have a lovely time.
0: Yeah, damn.
1: You know, can't have it all.
0: I do. <laughs> I do have a Valentine's pro tip that that I feel like I need to get out there. I need to preface this. This does not work for actual Valentine's Day. You still need to do something for actual Valentine's Day. (laughs) But if you notice, when you go to stores right now, there are tons of roses that are absurdly marked up. Like, a a dozen roses will be like $45 at some stores, when normally they're in like the $20 range. I'll tell you what, on Thursday... Those roses are going to be right back down to around what they should be, and that is your opportunity to go to the store, buy those roses at a extreme discount, and bring them back to your significant other with a note that says, "Romance is not just for Valentine's Day," and oh. you will win points the next day too, and it will come at a at a uh, at a cheaper price. So this
1: also you, you, works with candy
0: yes candy
1: after after valentine's day after halloween uh after easter sometimes and after christmas those are the four if you're if you're a candy head if you're like guys like chocolates out there those are the four like best days of the year it's incredible yeah
0: yeah yeah but the, the the trick is then it looks like you planned it when in reality you're just cheap but the, like you you also have to do something for valentine's day also but like that's that's a way to get around, um, the the roses issue. But, uh, let me know if you, you take me up on that. It is a a solid plan (laughs) and I'm thinking of trademarking it, but yeah. Um, outside of that, yeah, the the Kevin Harris method famously, it gets you married. I've, uh, it's been proven actually. I actually don't know if I've ever used that. Um, I've just always wanted to, but, um, yeah, I mean, this is not a very love themed, episode but we are going to talk about we're, we're going to lead off actually we usually we talked about this we usually talk about the negatives um, I don't think this is usually an overwhelmingly positive podcast we are pretty famous for being uh, moaning bitches about pretty much everything about Ohio State football that's kind of our calling card but we are going to start with all of the reasons why we actually love the Chip Kelly hire um, and I'm gonna be honest like I I am definitely on the side of This is good. This is a good positive hire. Um, But I mean, I I did think just the timeline was very funny. Like they had Bill O'Brien wrapped wrapped up like he's their coach. And then within like 12 hours or so, like Ryan Day hinted that they had a contingency plan. And it's very funny that the contingency plan was just like another conference team's head coach. Like that was just on their back burner. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I um I will say maybe I'm just digging in too far in my position, but it annoys me that the whole like, oh, college coaches are gonna flee en masse to other jobs because they don't like the new system people, but they now have in their minds 2.7, points with Jeff Hafley and Chip Kelly. Yeah. Um here's my stance on this. Chip Kelly, we have known almost since the day he got hired at UCLA. He hated recruiting before NIL. Oh, yeah. He hated recruiting before the transfer portal. He, he hated it he does not like
0: he hated everything about being a head coach besides like yeah. the football portion of head but, coaching which is whiteboard. like yeah. yeah which is not what famously head coaches are supposed to do we just bullied our head coach into stepping away from the whiteboard so yeah yeah,
1: yeah. it's one guy who who only likes the whiteboard it was tra- he was trying to become Will Muschamp for offense basically Yeah, and then the other guy who was going to get fired in a year or two and couldn't do anything with his job because he's not that good of a coach and, you know, sought sought basically a refresh in his career. That's all that happened here. This isn't anything about a referendum on like the way college coaching works. The fundamental truth is still that the vast majority of coaches are not good enough in college football to leave college football. There's not an unlimited number of NFL jobs. There's not that many guys who are going to go flee for those jobs and take them because most of them suck too much. Anyway, right. I just want to get on my high horse about that. Um, I'll post with the Chip Kelly hire, dude. I'm pretty excited about it.
0: No, I I think it's great. I think my, my reading between the lines, I have not been told this, so this is like purely what I have gathered um, between reading between the lines of comments and stuff like that, that I have been told things. I think that Chip Kelly was higher on their list than originally thought. Like, it wasn't just a... It wasn't just uh all things equal, they chose Brian Kelly over Chip Kelly. Uh or Bill Brian Kelly. Bill O'Brien, that'd be funny. Um oh, that'd
1: be good.
0: Yeah, yeah that'd be good. I, I I don't think all all things equal, they chose Bill O'Brien over Chip Kelly. I think part of the issue was the buyout slash contract situation of Chip Kelly that makes him not quite as lucrative as a dude who is essentially doing nothing. So I think partially the issue was simply money um i don't know how if ohio states i assume ohio states probably gonna have to pay his head coaching buyout which is like two two million dollars for an offensive coordinator which is uh not ideal but if you were gonna have to give bill o'brien a raise anyway to get him to stay that's when it became much more of a lucrative option to get chip kelly so um that's yeah. that's I mean, my that's my understanding right like
1: yeah it they is. just yeah. got a raise, like of tens of millions of dollars per year like it's, yeah. it goes up like like they're getting so much more money than a new tv deal which again just kicked in at full that it's yeah. like who cares the money's fake um yeah. yeah so i i mean it's nuts for ucla's sake that they lost the coach in mid mid-february also part of the cycle yeah to to be a, co- a coordinator within your own conference that sucks
0: It does, but also it's 100% on them because he has given them every indication for like a year and a half that he wanted to leave UCLA. And they have frankly given him every indication that maybe they'd fire him if they could get a better coach. And so like, you can't be like stunned when all of a sudden he's like, oh, actually, you know what? I am leaving after all. Like, you know, (laughs) it feels like there've been like, like five cases when it seemed like that Chip Kelly was for sure done in UCLA over the past like year and a half. So- I don't know. Yeah, that, the
1: word is that he has one of their like absolute top boosters, like really hard in his corner. And that guy saved his job, which I love is that. a very funny way to repay that guy. Yeah, yeah. But I love that. I mean, look, I don't think UCLA is gonna be like the Rutgers of the Big Ten, the new Rutgers, but I think they're probably the new Maryland. Uh, which is that like they're gonna become they're one of the coastal teams that's gonna recruit pretty well, but not as good as the powers. They're going to just like, they're just going to be an all offense based team um, that signs more blue chips than you would expect, but like doesn't really have a cohesive team to compete with yep. the powers. Except once every few years, they'll win eight or nine games and we get like one ranked finish per decade. That's the new UCLA. Dude. That's the, they, I mean, they signed up for it. They got the money. They're going to be really good at, you know, basketball and swimming and whatever else they like to play. Yep. And they're going to come, you know, be a middle of the road Big Ten team to lose to the ones who care about it more.
0: Well, I think I think Matt Brown, our good friend, um, hit it pretty perfectly. I don't remember word for word what the tweet was, but it is like, has there ever been more of a sleeping giant in college football that you're nearly certain is just going to keep sleeping than UCLA? (laughs) And like that, like perfectly sums it up because it's the perfect program that's like, yeah, why aren't they good? But also, like, you have absolutely no concern that they're ever going to figure it out and like actually be good, like. I don't know. It's yeah. it's like that that is a hundred percent my take on UCLA.
1: Because there were been a, there have been a few other like quote unquote sleeping giant teams in the past that have like we've seen what they look like. Like UCF was one of them. Everyone's mm-hmm. like, oh, UCF is this massive enrollment, they're in Florida. What happens when the Florida schools are bad and like you know, don't they get to a power conference? like, well, they did that. They still are kind of just like yeah, hanging out.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, but, like, but they also had,
1: they had some really good seasons. Yeah, yeah but,
0: they, they had a few good seasons, like like UCLA hasn't done that.
1: Right, or like you could look at T, like TCU was there going right? It's like oh, they're in Dallas, they yeah. have some money to throw around, and it's like I mean they're Fort Worth, but same thing. And that, they got to a
0: national title, they got, title
1: game. They got to a national title game, right? They they realized that uh, SMU had its peak and probably come back at some point. Out the ACC with their boosters throwing cash around. Yeah, uh, Houston's one. Like you can just name any school in a major recruiting state, whether it's you know California, Texas. Yeah, if Florida, they if they Georgia, just like
0: decide, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's UCLA and Georgia Tech are the ultimate like you know, sleeping giants in the sport. I think UCLA's odds of quote unquote waking up are better than Georgia Tech's. I think so too. Not by much.
0: I think, I think Georgia Tech's hamstrung by, um, I hesitate to say academics because like, you know, that that's kind of fake too. But like with Georgia Tech being like a clear, like tech school, I don't know. I don't know if you know much about Georgia Tech in terms of just like what their academics look like and stuff like that. But like, it's a lot harder to just like fake being a student at, Georgia Tech than it is um just based on what the classes that they offer and shit like that than it is at most other schools. So um that's that's my one hang up with Georgia Tech ever being anything really is like you still have to convince those kids to like go take like math classes and shit. So that's that's my issue with Georgia Tech. Um
1: yeah. I will say too, I'm looking at UCLA's like just past seasons history. Um from 82 to 88. They made uh five New Year's Six Bowls in seven years, uh, which featured I think four top ten finishes. Uh and then from ninety-three to ninety-eight, they, they made uh they made three New Year's Six Bowls in six years with two top ten finishes. Do we think they'll ever have two top ten finishes in six years ever again?
0: Ever again is a long time. Ever but... again is a
1: long time. In the next 20 years.
0: No. No. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't think that. Me neither. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's rough. That's rough. And, the, I, I mean, in that context, it makes sense that your head coach would just come be Ohio State's offensive coordinator. And that's that's what happened. Yeah. And I, I, I think I also...
1: this is better for everyone, though. Like, he oh, didn't yeah. want to be there. He was not close to maximizing that job. Oh, no, he didn't do shit. He didn't like him. He was coasting. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Like, I don't think hiring Deshaun Foster to come be your head coach in mid-February is going to, like, be the best result. Uh... Yeah, but at
0: least he's, like, excited about doing it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's an alum. You know, he'd been there. Like, is
0: is what he's going to do worse? Like, is your long-term outlook worse than with Chip Kelly? Because, like, there's not a chance that Chip Kelly was going to be their head coach for the next, like, five years. So, like, what's the point, you know? At least you can roll the yes. dice on like an alum that maybe has some high upside.
1: Right. You're getting to the, like, you're going to get to the conclusion of the chip Kelly era when it would have been faster. Right. Obviously you just skip to the end of that one. And like chip was never going to make a playoff spot there. No, and I don't think maybe actually, maybe that's well, I mean, it's not fair. I mean, it's, it's 12 playoffs. teams. Yeah. Yeah. He had some teams that could have made it in the pack. 12 in the big 10, he was never going to make it not caring about recruiting. He was never going to do it. Um, There's just too much talent in the new Big Ten to not have that. So, I guess the appeal is with Foster if he's like if he crushes South Florida or South California recruiting with his kind of uh, whole thing going on. If he gets that team right, maybe the alum, the energy, the whole thing. Maybe he's a surprise hire that works out for them. Right? That could happen. That could happen. Yeah. If not, you probably paid him very little, and he's a very cheap buyout. Yep. And you can wait until the next coach you really like pops up um out if like you see if brent brennan can do anything in arizona or if someone else you know generally out west you like as a concept or you see, like, or I'll pay for there.
0: somebody else cool again it's it's a, it's a fine cycle it's a fine cycle to yeah. roll the dice on a big name when it doesn't work fire him hire an alum roll the dice yeah. on a big game yeah. hire an alum if, if, if you're like, a program at ohio state you can't do that but like if you're just an upstart like or that that next tier of program trying to break through that's a, that's a perfectly fine strategy
1: I also think, like, despite their NIL thing being, like, a shit show, I do think it's still a relatively attractive job. Oh, yeah. Uh, you have enough wealthy alums at a UCLA, to say the least. That's a huge program that you can find some money, and it's in the Big Ten. You're in Southern California. You're going oh, to have incredible a chance job. to get a lot of talent. Yeah, it can be a really good like it's a top thirty job in college football. I I also I also, I also think money.
0: Yeah. I also think it has like backup quarterback syndrome too. That's like, what the hell are the expectations at this point? Like if you go in and do an above average right. job and have like a consistent top twenty team, you getting fired? No. Like if you were an above average coach at UCLA, that's like that's a, a like a career maker. Like Ryan Day should retire and just go like hang out at UCLA for the next like twenty years, you know. Like, if you just if you don't really care about, and I mean, maybe I don't know what motivates him. If you don't care about like being the best or anything like that, like God, they should hire Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin would be awesome at UCLA. I feel like that's that's the perfect marriage there. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's I think it's a very attractive job for all the reasons you said. Like, you have all of the potential hypothetically not really any expectations, and you're just living in Southern California. Like, what what could be worse? Yeah.
1: Yeah. If they're willing to actually spend money to hire the right coaching staff. Yeah. Which, like, here's the thing. We saw the UCLA syndrome from a lot of Big Ten teams over the last decade. Like, when the Big Ten made that first big jump in TV money to being the wealthiest conference in the country, you had a lot of, like, high academic schools, like, you know, in Illinois and Northwestern, um, you know, other programs in the Big Ten broadly. Like it's it's a it's a it's a league full of big public schools, the academic focus that like football more than UCLA, but not that much. Yeah. And then a lot of them were like, Oh shit, okay, we're making all this money. We gotta spend some of it on coaching hires. And the Big Ten hired some really fucking good coaches. Uh that was the biggest benefit. Like the programs didn't all hit, obviously. You know, it produced two national titles in the playoff era for the league, but they made an effort. And, like, the the quality of the median Big Ten team improved a ton, I think, over the last decade uh, compared to where it was at in the 2000s. Yeah. And I think UCLA, once they get up to the full Big Ten, they're like, oh, fuck, we're making a lot of cash. That's, like, four or five years away, right? Is the Deshaun yeah. Foster era away. Like, oh, we have a lot of cash on hand. We should invest in coaching. You get the right staff. Who knows what happens, right? Yeah. Um. Maybe you make it work. It's not like a lot of programs. There's a lot of programs who can win nine or 10 games, make a playoff run once every five or six years that don't have NIL cash. If you retain the right seniors. um. Because NIL is going to be more and more stratified with the top schools are willing to spend a ton to win titles. But I think other schools like what's the return on investment for this, right? Like what are we getting out of it? Right. Um, So I don't know. I think it'd be fine. We'll see. Uh, But Chip Kelly at Ohio State. Yeah, it's cool. Um, Yeah. What are your, what are, for you, are the biggest pros about having him at Ohio State?
0: So I think the biggest pro in my mind, and this was kind of the same with Bill O'Brien, is that a hire like this, you are 100% certain that Ryan Day is not going to, like, bully him or, like, fuck with the offense, essentially. Like, This is a guy who has been Ryan Day's boss and or coach for, you know, maybe more of Ryan Day's career than he wasn't. And, like, there is some level of, like, I mean, obviously Ryan Day is in charge of this program, whatever. Obviously he's going to be under Ryan Day in this scenario. But, like, there's some scenario where it's like, I like, Ryan Day clearly trusts this guy. Ryan Day clearly is, you know... His was his subordinate for so long that I don't feel like he's just going to be calling the shots and micromanaging Chip Kelly. And I also don't think Chip Kelly has kind of like the mentality to really put up with that if Ryan Day tries to do that. So I think that is the biggest pro for me. That's like I am fully confident that this is going to be, even if it's Ryan Day's offense, Chip Kelly is going to be calling the shots, especially during game day. He's going to be the one that's game planning. He's going to be doing all of that. And I think that is the biggest pro for me.
1: I think I agree with you on most of that. The one the thing I want to just play devil's advocate on here is like, you said at the top that like Ryan Day will be able to boss ship Kelly around. I think that's true. But the fact you mentioned like these guys have worked together for so long, so many times, are we worried about there being like a brain meld? A, like group, they just a group kind of agree on too much? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't think that'll be the case, but I guess if I was to point out a flaw in this hire, it's like yeah. Bill O'Brien was, one, clearly going to tell Ryan Day to fuck off, and two, didn't come in with the priors of, like, Ryan Day's offense. Yeah. Now, Chip Kelly's... Like, Day came out of the Chip Kelly tree, but they run very different offenses now. Right. Uh, UCLA is definitely a rushing-focused attack and has been for a long time. Uh, However... I don't know. Like, I wonder if they're just going to agree on too much, and some of those bad habits will get ingrained further. I guess it's my only concern. And Justin Fry, also a Chip Kelly guy, obviously, right? Uh, and a Ryan Day guy. They've worked together for years. I think that chemistry is probably a benefit, but,
0: but it could be a, a, a con too.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, my, I love the run game Kelly has. Yeah, that exactly. Oh, exactly.
0: I was going to say, I think, I think my con to that, or my counter to that, not my con, is that. I don't think Ohio State's offense needs reinventing in a lot, and like in too many ways. I think Ohio State's offense is largely really good. I think the issues with Ohio State's offense were in the run game. And that's what we're going to talk about in just a second. But um, I, I, I don't think that there needed to be wholesale changes to Ohio State's offense. So getting in a coordinator who largely agrees with what Ryan Day is fundamentally trying to do on offense and like came from the same tree, uses a lot of the same terminology, probably. And like those sort of things, like knows the same concepts, like, and honestly is like married to the, the same concepts that Justin Fry wants to use on the, on the line and stuff like that. Like, I think that that makes sense, especially if you're going to a new coordinator for the first time, you know, like that, that makes all the sense in the world to me. Um, and so I don't, I don't necessarily, um, I don't really think that the, um, I don't know. I, I, I just I hesitate to even think that that's really a concern. I know you said that too. Like it's just kind of a, a mild concern, and maybe that's something yeah. that we'll bitch about if the offense turns out to suck. Uh, we can circle back to this, but I think that's more of a pro than it is a con. But yeah, I, let's let's talk about the run the run game. What he um what what he brings to the run game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we're gonna see a lot more gap scheme which is good uh ohio state succeed with gap scheme as a better gap blocking team than his run blocking team despite the fact that they ran or sorry than a zone blocking team despite the fact they ran a lot more zone to gap which always drove me crazy yeah. um i think it's a lot more varied uh i think chip has gotten better about running out of different formations mm-hmm. about implementing quarterback run threats um all of these are staples of his and people often like misremember his career this idea that, like, because Oregon was this up-tempo, high scoring team, they just passed the shit out of the football. Yep. And that was not really the case very often at all. Uh, Oregon and UCLA and all the places he have been have always been run first football teams. Um, and I think especially with Ohio State's personnel in 2024, that's perfect, right? Obviously, you have Trey and Quinshawn and Will Howard's a bit of a run threat, although not a, a huge one. And then the receiver room, I think, will be excellent, but it's also young and like short on depth. You don't want to have a ton of reps going to those receivers if you can help it. I think running the football early and often and, and you kind of spraying that around will be good for everybody involved, uh, which will be great. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing more of that. Um, I, I think just overall, like the, yeah, the mesh between Kelly, Day and Fry, uh, of course with Hartline and Elford involved too, and Bailey, all of that's a positive to me. Um, the one thing I'm interested to see is like the division of labor amongst the staff and kind of how this works. Specifically, the fact that Chip Kelly is not really a quarterbacks coach. Yes, which I think is okay. I I think my expectation, like, look, um, did you see the CJ Stroud podcast where he shouted out uh, Ryan Day and Todd Fitch, but not uh, not Corey Dennis?
0: Corey Dennis, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. I think that's a bit telling here. I think my expectation. I mean, they're paying Corey. uh, They're paying uh, Todd Fitch a quarter million dollars a year to be an analyst Mm -hmm. of some kind. I I think that what they're going to do is have Day and Fitch coach the quarterbacks. Uh, Kelly, you know, calls the offense, structures the offense primarily with input from Day, Fry and Elford in the running game, Hartline and Bailey in the passing game. That's great. That works perfectly fine to me. It keeps Day's hands out of the pot a little bit more. Um, and I think it's the right structure. I, I, I guess like you could get worried that they will get too bogged down as the quarterbacks again, but I don't think that's necessary. Um, I don't know. I think it'll be fine basically is my, I'm I'm not like super stressed about it. Yeah.
0: I'm also not sure Uh, that was, that was one of my concerns that I had for, for Chip Kelly was just that like Ohio state kind of made a point to hire a quarterbacks coach and they did with Bill O'Brien, but like Chip Kelly is decidedly not like a quarterbacks coach. Um, So that is like, that was on my list of, uh, are we sure about this? um, You know, kind of, kind of concerns that I had, but I, I don't really have a problem with Ryan day being a quarterbacks coach. That doesn't really concern me. Like if, if Todd Finch and Ryan and Ryan day want to both be quarterbacks coach, that's fine. Like, I don't think that Ryan day's big problem that was the issue here was that he was spending too much time coaching quarterbacks. Like I just, I don't. And, and like, I also think that he is probably the best quarterbacks coach in the country. Um Lincoln Riley also has a really good track record of developing quarterbacks, obviously too. But like if, if Ryan day steps away from the offense, steps away from the game planning, the play calling, the whiteboard stuff and works on like, just is a quarterbacks coach. And that's what he does. I'm perfectly fine with that. Cause like urban Meyer, even when he was at Ohio State, he spent a lot of time coaching special teams, too. Like, that's what he did. Like, he still yeah. was working with a unit and stuff like that. Like, a coach needs something to do when they break down into positional work. Like, it, in a lot of cases, they it, they need to do something. And so, right. I am perfectly fine if Ryan Day is even Ohio State's, like, full-time quarterbacks coach. That's that's fine with me. So, I think, like, in, in the sense that what Chip Kelly is going to bring to the run game, I am... Totally fine if he doesn't even touch the quarterbacks. Like I, I think that that is not a problem. But yeah, I, I I did, I did love you bringing up the C.J. Stroud quote because it was very funny. Because I think, um, when he was at Ohio State or maybe after he had just left, somebody asked him about like Corey Dennis and, or maybe they asked him about Ryan Day and then like circled back to Corey Dennis and he was like, oh yeah, like Corey Dennis is there too. Like was essentially like the crux of the answer too. So, um,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, but
1: yeah, um. I guess other detractors from Kelly's going to make one, by the way. Just I mean, he's not a recruiter at all. He's not gonna recruit mm-hmm. flat out, period. Yeah. Um but again, Day is a great recruiter. He's fine doing quarterbacks, yeah. Alfredo running backs, fry and O line, you know, Bailey and Hartline on receivers and tight ends. Mm-hmm. I think they're perfectly fine with that structure of recruiting. And uh, Chip Chip will be like Knowles where he recruits on campus when kids come
0: there. Exactly. And and that's kind of been Ohio State's recruiting strategy from what I understand and how it's been explained to me by the coaching staff. Like, that's, that's kind of how they've always functioned is that the offensive coordinator, unless it's Ryan Day with a quarterback, um, wasn't really that involved early in the recruiting process until the kid was very, very seriously considering coming to Ohio State anyway. Um, so, like, that doesn't fundamentally change anything. That's not really how it, like... The coordinator doesn't really get involved until late in the recruiting process anyway. So it really doesn't matter that Chip Kelly is not, especially if he's not coaching a position, if he is not a quarterback's coach or a running back's coach, like recruiting doesn't philosophically change at all. I think it's more of a concern if Jim Knowles is not on the road because like if he is effectively the linebackers coach and he's also not on the road recruiting linebackers, I think that's a problem. So I, I, I'd, I'd argue that Chip Kelly not going on the road is less of a concern than even Jim Knowles going on the road. So, um, yeah, I, I, that's, that's a non-concern for me. Um, I think the, the other concern that I've seen with a lot of, like, a lot of people just like, were oddly just like pointing and laughing at this hire. Um, I think people just like to be haters, but like, there's a lot of people, there's this odd perception that Chip Kelly is washed as a coach is like a, a offensive mastermind i guess and that he hasn't really had a lot of new ideas and stuff like that i don't really think that's true i like i just i don't i don't think that's an honest like watching of what he does especially in the run game and what ucla has been under him really since he's been there
1: i mean I, i think the 2023 product was a little bit discouraging like the offense was not good for ucla this year despite having you know, a fair bit of talent there that should have been better than it was. Mm-hmm. But from like 2019 through
0: 2022, it was perfect. The 2022 awesome was aw- our offense was awesome. Like straight up. Like yeah. it was it was so much fun to watch. So like I guess I, I do agree that the 2023 offense was disappointing. Um, I think anybody watching those games could uh could tell that it was disappointing. But like at the end of the day, they're starting a true freshman that I don't think was as good as he was billed to be. Um Dante Moore was statistically one of the worst quarterbacks in power five in almost every metric that you could find. Um, So I, I I think that that is definitely an issue Um, as we've seen, if you don't have a good quarterback, sometimes that limits your offense, no matter how good of a coordinator you are. Um, So, yeah, I, I think, I think that is part of the, the issue for them in 2023, but I, I don't, I don't think that the narrative that Chip Kelly is a washed offensive coordinator is like, frankly, true at all. I I think that that is just people saying that are just assuming that he's going to be running like zone read with a mobile quarterback or something like that. And that's just not, that's not what his offense has been.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, Also, uh, I I mean, like that, like you said, you said in 2022 and you alluded to it, but like they really did grind the fuck out of football on the ground uh, in 2022. I was really impressed with those guys that year. I mean, they, I think they put up over, you know, 200 yards in the ground uh, in their finale against, you know, USC. I think they did it to um, what they ran for. I think over 200 on, on Utah that year, they did it against uh, Oregon as well. they think 190 against Oregon. That team ran the piss out of the football on a lot of good football teams and no one yep. can really stop it. I, I think that's a positive sign for, what you can expect out of Ohio State's run game, uh, there are still questions around that, and you know, particularly what happens at the right tackle spot. And we're going to talk about that more in the in the premium episode, uh, which we're getting to here shortly. But yeah, I mean, I, I, overall, I'm encouraged by the structure of their uh, of their defense. Or, sorry, of their offense and kind of what Chip Kelly brings. I think it's a very natural fit and something that I'm not. Uh, overall, I'm pretty positive about it. You know, I have some reservations around. Maybe his over reliance on staple plays, and some questions of like comfort with day, but I think writ Large. This is a very good, a very good hire, and I'm pretty comfortable with
0: it. Yep, yep. That's that's where I stand too. Um, don't really have a ton else to say on that. So,
1: yeah, we do have I, a ton more to say about our, our lovely sponsor, Homefield Apparel, though.
0: We do, we do. Um, you know, it is Valentine's Day. And if you are looking for something to get your significant other, one, it is too late. You fucked up. Two, (laughs) if you get her or him a home field apparel shirt, I guarantee all will be forgiven because it is as soft as their heart is for you. And it is sincerely, it is an incredible, incredible company that makes the best vintage-inspired collegiate apparel. Um, I mean, just go peruse the website. You can scroll through all of the Ohio State stuff that they have or any other team that you support. Um, maybe you went to a Mac school and you want to be a a Toledo Rocket and an Ohio State Buckeye. They've, they've got you covered. Um, yeah, I mean, it, you can't go wrong. There's so many different options for anything you want to uh, or any school you want to support, and they've got a huge collection of Ohio State apparel Um, So yeah, go over to homefieldapparel.com and if you have not purchased from Homefield Apparel yet, uh, first off, what are you doing? Because we have been telling you to buy Homefield Apparel for, God, coming up on two years now, pretty close. Um, And if you still have not made that purchase, uh, it's time to pull the trigger. You can use the code MEETITMIDFIELD for 15% off your first order. If you have already purchased from them, I'm very sorry that code will not work and neither will any other uh you know, of those special codes that are thrown out there. I mean, some of them might work if they're running a special or whatever, but our code will not work. We've tried regretfully. Um, But you can leave a comment says that we sent you and uh they will be happy with us, even though they already are. um We're good friends with them, but yeah, it is good stuff. We wear it. You should wear it. It is the official apparel of meet at midfield and, uh, you know, we want you to look good. We want you to look good on Valentine's Day uh, and uh, and there beyond, so.
1: Oh, yeah, and uh, I mean, I agree with everything you said. We fall into personal field apparel, and with that, Kevin, you and I are going to move to the premium episode of this podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about Ohio State's 10th defensive assistant hire, some other notes from Ryan Day's with a press conference uh, on the roster, particularly the offensive line, uh, as well as, I think, a couple questions from our board. Um, and also potential uh, Michigan to Ohio State transfer. Um, so we're going to talk about all that and uh, get into it in the premium podcast. So we'll see you guys there. Uh, come subscribe to me at midfield.com if you want to listen to that second half of the episode.